Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Score1260.com and the Score1260 app. Time to talk some NBA now, and we go to NBA Insider for Respect Magazine. Brandon Robinson, who joins us this morning. Hey, Brandon, how are you? Gentlemen, gentlemen, good morning. How you doing? Good to talk some hoops, man. We're getting ready for preseason hoops here in Syracuse. The Orange kicking off their preseason tomorrow night, believe it or not. But the NBA already in full swing. And uh, some good things and some bad things going on in the NBA. Let's start with the good and talk to us about... Giannis Attentacumpo, who looks right now like the best player in the NBA. He's really been putting on a show so far. The Greek freak. He is a Swiss Army knife. He can shoot it. He can dish it. He can spin like the Statue of Liberty. He can do it all. The Milwaukee Bucks should be happy to have him. The guy that's really and literally the prototypical point guard right now. When you look at the NBA right now, it's so interesting. You look at LeBron James, who has returned back to his position he played with in the NBA. It's so crazy. I was a freshman in college and was playing with 6'8", LeBron James at point guard, and J.R. Brimmer, who was about 6'3", 6'4", at shooting guard back Man. when NBA Live 2004 came out. And you're looking at now, 10, 15 years later, uh, Giannis being the guy that LeBron was when he came into the league. Hybrid basketball, a European guy that really can do it all. It's, it's a no-brainer that a guy like Jason Kidd, who's the coach of that team, shifts him to that position. You know, it's really a benefit. It would be awesome to see the Milwaukee Bucks nab Eric Bledsoe as, as, a, as a trade option and continue to play Bledsoe, rather play Giannis at the one and, and Bledsoe at the two. I think they could do some damage. Yeah, Bledsoe's name has been thrown around. You're hearing it could land in Milwaukee? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a, a viable option. I think Denver also um, has some pieces that, that they can move to make that happen. Um, a guy who, you know, said he was sitting in the hair salon saying, I don't want to be there, but a little too late. But definitely a guy who um, could, could do some damage there. I've heard Cleveland as well. But I think more realistic pick would be somewhere between Milwaukee uh, or 
uh, Denver. Those are the two options that, that, that seem very viable. Look, Brandon, it's early, and we're not going to jump to too many conclusions, but we only have what we've looked at so far to look at. What do you make of the Cleveland Cavaliers' struggle, struggles at this point? Is it expected? Is it, you know, a little bit strange? I mean, anytime I guess anyone loses to the Knicks, uh, you know, antennas start flying uh, up in the air. Uh, what are your thoughts on how the Cavs have navigated the early part of the schedule here so far? My God, DJ Steph Lawson uh, is the Cavs DJ. He throws, LeBron throws a party every year. The Cavs throw a party every year. But no, I mean, a, a team that's three and four. Right Right now, they'll be Eastern Conference. Listen, they haven't even played. Excuse me, they're twelfth place in Eastern Conference. They haven't even played ten games yet. Uh, I, I think when you, I think because basketball season has started so early, because of twenty-four hour news coverage, because of Twitter, uh, I think it's it's an, an easy. Uh, a way to be concerned, but I mean, two weeks ago, people were ready to throw the Boston Celtics under the bus, and you know, Kyrie Irving and those guys, and the injury to Gordon Hayward, they they written the ship some, but honestly. Um, I think it's, it's it's a little premature. Again, looking at the Knicks, they won three in a row. Uh, early in the season, they were ready to, to throw the baby in the bathwater. And I think that you have to give it time. 70, 82 games in a season, and uh, I think the Cavs will get it right. If you look at a LeBron James-led team, uh, usually they start to get it right and click on all cylinders after the All-Star break. Um, they don't even have all the pieces. Uh, we talked about Dwayne Wade and – uh, him opting to, to come off the bench. Uh, we're talking about uh, J.R. Smith and uh, Stephen A. Smith going at it on Twitter. I think the focus <laughs> needs to be on the court, but I think at the yeah. same time, um, I think it's a little early. Well, sadly, Brandon, uh, I am a diehard Nick fan. It has been a rough, rough couple of decades here. Uh, are they going down the right path by your standards? Do you like what you even see so far out of them this season? You look at uh, Chris Dapperzingis, a guy that had a senior career high 38 points last night uh, against a Denver team. Uh, they're still a very young team. Uh, but I think at the same point, um, I-, I wrote up at piece the other day, uh, a couple weeks ago, talking about Carmelo Anthony and the state of the Knicks, um, and also tied in Danilo Gallinari, a uh, guy that I- I- I've, I've uh, written about extensively over the last few years. And I think the Knicks have been cursed uh, since they made that splash in 2011 in acquiring Carmelo Anthony. Uh, I think sometimes, particularly when you're in a big market, you try to make the big splash because you you want the fans to be uh, enamored and also because you think that's going to happen. But if you really sit and think about it, the Nets put the pressure on the Knicks to get Carmelo Anthony back in 2011. And I don't have a problem with a team going young and a team going through the draft and a team going being prudent through free agency. That's how the Oklahoma City Thunder built their team uh, when they went to the finals in 2012. You, you, you drafted Russell Westbrook. You drafted uh, Kevin Durant. You, you drafted uh, James Harden, and, and they played Miami and, and subsequently lost. But I think in New York, a lot of times people are scared to wait the process. You look at the New York Yankees, a team that wasn't expected to go as far as they did. They were one, one game away from going to the World Series and uh, you know lost to the Houston Astros. But – I think the Knicks are going in the right direction by going young, just like the Nets are doing the same thing, and they're excited to watch. Let me follow up with you on Carmelo, who obviously got shipped off to Oklahoma City. Much better situation for him there in terms of winning. 
Um, and I know it's going to take time, you know, when you're putting three big players like that together and trying to find the mix and the moxie. Heck, we saw that with LeBron when he went down to Miami, how long it took for those three guys to really figure out how to work with each other. Do you think Melo is better off in Oklahoma City, and do you think that he will flourish? A lot of people want to talk about Melo as Olympic Melo versus, you know, regular season Nick Melo. Um, can he adapt his game, do you think, and do you think Oklahoma City can win with him? He forgot hoodie mellow. That's where we are now in life. Yes, um, true. I, I think <laughs> I think um, I'm going to use I'm going to use a comparison. So you look at the Nets um, back in 2004, 2005. I can't remember. It was my 2006 when they tr- made the trade with the Toronto Raptors and brought them to the Nets. Um, Vince Carter to me was never a superstar. He was always a star. Mm-hmm. Jason Kidd was the superstar of that Nets team. And when Vince Carter moved over to the Nets, he played with Richard Jefferson, Nanette Kirstich, he played with uh, Jason Kidd, what have you, and he flourished. Certain people don't respond well to that pressure of being that guy. I think when Carmelo Anthony, of course, the Syracuse Orange, and he, he came to New York, he exped responded well to New York um, media. He's responded well to the pressure, all of the criticisms, etc. But I think to preserve his career, why not play with a MVP candidate in Russell Westbrook? Why not play with a Paul George? Why not play with a Stephen Adams? Uh, I think that in New York, um, Carmelo was unfortunately um, given a bad rap in the sense of, I want to give you this number. So during Carmelo's tenure with the Knicks, he had 72 different teammates. Out of those 72 teammates, Tyson Chandler was the only person to make an all-star team during the same season as Carmelo Anthony. Wow. And while Carmelo was in New York, um, his number, I'm trying, I'm, I'm scrolling through an article that you can find at respectdeskbag.com. I wrote it a couple weeks ago, but um, Carmelo Anthony uh, really, really was given a raw deal. During his time with the Knicks, his record was the Knicks were 207 and 269 while Anthony was a member of that team. They only made it to the playoffs in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think his legacy at the, with the Knicks, unfortunately, has been um, him breaking Bernard King's um, 61 point record yes. um, in a game at Madison Square Garden. Right. But I think that the, 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 stacks, the, the chips were stacked up against him. I think going to Oklahoma City kind of gives him that energy. I think sometimes you can be drained being in New York. And I think that Oklahoma City, with Russell Westbrook, he can be one of the guys along with Paul George. Well, we here in Central New York certainly want to see him do well. Talking this morning with NBA Insider for Respect Magazine, Brandon Robinson. Uh, go ahead, Boy Green. Yeah, continuing that Carmelo Anthony conversation, earlier this month, Brandon, you wrote this column that I enjoyed, and you said, and here's the title, Carmelo Anthony deserves to have his jersey retired by the Knicks. Can you talk more about that? <laughs> I'm scrolling through it as I'm reading it. <laughs> It's, it hasn't had my morning coffee yet, so it's saving me time and, and talking to you this morning. But literally, I mean, honestly, uh, while he was a Nicky, I was 24.7 points per game and, and seven rebounds and 3.2 assists. Um, he's a 10-year, a 10-year, uh, excuse me, a 10-year All-Star. Um, and he really split time between, uh, evenly between his time with the Knicks and the Nets. Oh, excuse me, the Knicks and the, and the Denver Nuggets. And to be honest with you, in my opinion, Carmelo Anthony has been the biggest star that the Knicks have seen since Patrick Ewing. Mm-hmm. And I believe that <laughs> I believe there's such thing as karma. I think the Knicks have been cursed ever since they traded Patrick Ewing. And I'll add that I think that they did not treat him well at the end. I mean, he was a guy who never talked out about the team. He was a guy who, who who played as hard as he could. And I think you don't appreciate things until they're gone. You know, the Knicks didn't even want to uh, – Przingis when they brought him in. 
And so now you look at a situation where uh, you have a, uh, an ex that's moved on, and you're kind of looking at your rear view and say, oh, he's blowed up. He's doing better now. I think he's in a better situation. you know. And, and you saw him kind of have that hunger when the Knicks and the Oklahoma City Thunder went against each other opening night. And, and it's a joy to see Carmelo um, kind of move on and, and do things. You know, you want to cheer for a guy that did not – leave on bad terms you know i think that uh the knicks a lot of times still hold on to those 90s era days that are not existing anymore and i think that the biggest thing for the knicks was you trusted a guy in phil jackson who coached against your team in the playoffs in the 90s as as a coach of chicago bulls to come in and restructure your organization as a president and it's kind of representative of what the Knicks have become overall. They get guys in their prime or who are past their prime and think that they can do the things that they did in, in, in their prime. It's almost like the girl you dated in high school or that you wanted to date in high school that's available at 40. There's a difference. Derek Harper, <laughs> Rolando Blackman, on and on it goes. Great analogy there, Francis. Brandon. I know. It just goes on and on. You're absolutely <laughs> Stephon Marbury. It just goes on oh, and on awesome. and on. I've been through it all, Brandon. You don't have to rehash it with me. One more question on the Knicks, and then we'll get past them. I really need to get past them anyway. Uh, <laughs> the signing, so, so they move on. Okay, so Carmelo goes, and now they move on. And then they do something that is a head-scratcher to me. Maybe you can explain it to me. You can make some sense of it. Why did the Knicks pay the kind of money they did for Hardaway Jr.? It just doesn't seem to make sense to me unless I just don't know this player that well and he really has changed his stars and is going to be a much better player than it looked like he was going to be when the Knicks drafted him. I'm a Jay-Z fan. Um, I don't know if you guys know his songs like that, but I'm a, it's one of his legendary songs that doesn't get as much play uh, mainstream is Song Cry. Uh-huh. And I'm paraphrasing it because we're on radio, but there's a, there's a lyric in the song where Jay-Z goes, I was just hollering at those girls. I was going to get right back. The point I'm making is, Tim Hardaway left the Knicks, went to Atlanta, and came back and got more money. What gives? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I mean, but this is what I will say about Tim Hardaway. The last two games, He's played when well. you look at the when you look at that Cavaliers game, when you look at um, the game against Denver last night, he was clicking on all cylinders. So, I mean, he could be one of those guys that really has to get into a groove and a rhythm. You, you look at the Knicks, they didn't win in the preseason. Um, they didn't have Frankie as their point guard in uh, until the next game on Friday night. Those guys are really gelling. I mean, I mean, you guys are on radio. You know, you guys didn't probably click on radio for for a little while. You I guys agree. had to go out to yes. eat. You had to go to the bar. You You're had right. to go play Pac-Man at the arcade. Right. You know, in all fairness to Tim Hardaway, just because he got that $70 million doesn't mean that he's not human like everyone else. Very true. Very, very it's true. Just that you're playing in New York and it's that pressure. And going from his favorite team to my favorite team, the Boston Celtics, within the first, I got to tell you, Brandon, in the offseason, I'm like, oh, we're taking out the Cleveland Cavaliers, man. We've got Gordon Hayward. We've got Kyrie Irving, man. We've got got a squad. And then in the first five minutes, Gordon Hayward goes down for the season. And Brad Stevens has done a marvelous job of keeping the Celtics afloat after this Hayward injury. They currently are in first place in the Eastern Conference. What is the ceiling for my Celtics? What should the expectations be for the rest of the season? I mean, going into the season, and, and kudos to the Boston Celtics, and they won a weight ninety four win against the uh, San Antonio Spurs last night. Yeah, pretty nice. That's 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 um that's saying something. But I, I, it, to go back directly to your question, I think that the Celtics, I had them pegged um, probably 
third best in the East. Um, you look at a Washington Wizards team, I always thought that they were the second best team even last season. Um, they just kind of tanked late. I don't want to use the word tank. They just ran out of gas outside um, in the playoffs last year against the Celtics. And, you know, I, when you talk about the Gordon Hayward thing, what, what a tragedy that, that that was a couple of weeks ago in uh, the first game of the season, no less. But Brad Stevens has found a way to right the ship. And you've also seen you know, guys on the Celtics like Jalen Brown step it up. Um, you, you, you've seen guys like uh, Larkin step in and do what he needs to do. Um, I, I think that the Celtics, for them, at some point, LeBron James is not going to be spring chicken anymore. It's not going to be today. It's not going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be next week or next year. But LeBron is pretty much going unscathed uh, during his career uh, and not really succumb to injuries. And I think that at some point, a young Boston Celtics team, you look Kyrie Irving, he ain't that old. You know, a guy that's, that's done a lot quietly in a, in a small stretch of time, he's the man. But I think the thing for the Celtics, particularly as it relates to Kyrie Irving, is that he's going to have to play like Kyrie Irving in Cleveland in order to um, for them to, to, to be the, the top-notch team that everybody expected them to be. Right. All right, last one for you, and then we'll let you go, Brandon. Uh, talking with Brandon uh, Robinson, NBA insider for Respect Magazine this morning on Butter the Manchild. The 76ers are a great curiosity to me. I mean, there was once this team in Syracuse called the Syracuse Nationals. They became the 76ers. Uh, it's a long time ago. They won an NBA championship in this town way back when. But, you know, the Sixers have had all these draft picks. They've made all these moves. Now they have all these players in place. It seems like they've gotten their front office in order. When will we see the Sixers actually blossom? Well, I think trust the process is getting kind of old. They've got to come up with something new. What do you guys think? I do, too. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to trust some, a girl that's going to tell me I'm going to be with you one day, and then four or five years later, she's still stringing me along. Right. And I can go for the, for, on the other side as well. But, no, I mean, I think, honestly, um, when you are, if you are trusting the process, you're looking at a team that has stockpiled draft picks and, and allowed things to take its course. We're not talking about Marco Fox, but we are talking about Ben Simmons. We are talking about Joel Embiid once he can get off his minutes restriction and back-to-back uh, restriction. And then you add veteran pieces and J.J. Redick. You know, uh, that was a bold move to leave the L.A. Yeah. Clippers, a veteran team, and, and come to Philadelphia. Obviously, you saw something um, that was uh, realistic or, or tangible that you could fit within the future. Um, I, I think that uh, Ben Simmons actually playing this season, you know, people are easily making the comparison to um, LeBron in his in his rookie year. Uh, we started out this conversation about LeBron in his rookie year, but in all seriousness, I think that it's going to take a little while. But the funny thing is this: I said this. I was interviewed um, on CNN last week, and I said to them, I said that the Sixers um, have the luxury of being young and being in an Atlantic division that nobody can really take or predict. Right. You know, two weeks ago, the Knicks were trash, but now they're good. A couple of weeks ago, everybody was looking at the, the, the Boston Celtics as, oh, Gordon Hayward is gone. What next? Um, and then look at the Brooklyn Nets, who, who beat the, the Cavaliers, who, who, you know, are benefiting from D'Angelo Russell's research in Brooklyn. So, I mean, the Sixers, realistically, because of the unpredictability of the Atlantic Division, barring the, the Sixers, it's possible they could sneak in as the AFC. This, it, you know, that's the way it's looking right now. You know, you even though they lost that game, that first game against the Houston Rockets, the Rockets got lucky on a, on a possession by Eric Gordon. Like the Nets, like the Orlando Magic, 
they have potential. So if it isn't today, it may be tomorrow or a year or two from now. Those guys can stay healthy and, you know, money is not the only motive, but they actually want to win. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, Brandon, look, uh, appreciate your time. Uh, definitely appreciate the Jay-Z drop as well. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, talking a little NBA with us this morning. Gentlemen, thank you. All right, there he is, Brandon Robinson. Got to check him out. Get us a tw- get us his uh, Twitter handle. Get people following him on Twitter Scoop as well. Scoop B. What is it? Scoop B. Scoop B? Just Scoop the letter B. B. One word? One word. Scoop and B. Okay, so it's at Scoop B. Scoop you wanna, B. You want to follow him? I'm going to follow him right now. Brandon Robinson, good NBA insider from Respect Magazine. And you see him all over the place. He does get interviewed by quite a few people out there. A well-respected insider uh, joining us this morning. Scoop B Radio. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 